0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kane and Rinse podcast, volume 12, issue 553. And today, belatedly, some might say we're going to talk about Dead Space 3. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue is Carl Moon. Hey, everyone. And Leah Haydu. Hello, hello. So, yeah, Dead Space 3 is, in the simplest possible terms, a 2013 third-person action sci-fi horror shooter, and obviously a sequel. We covered... Dead Spaces One and Two in one podcast. When that was the original plan and format of the show, way back in issue nine, November twenty eleven. It was uh, it was with myself and Jay was there and Darren Foreman, long since departed, and Josh recently departed. Mm. Uh, we talked about those. Wait, two I didn't shows. think Josh
1: was even born yet in twenty. Years. I know like,
0: he was. Just, just old enough to play it. <laughs> we translated his baby burblings into <laughs> what sounded like hot takes. And to be fair, he's gone, and the I'm pin- still <sighs> telling
1: Josh
0: about these <laughs> yeah. yeah. To be fair, I can't be cruel about Josh on this because I had
2: tech. I remember this specifically. I had technical issues, and he stepped in for me on five minutes' notice.
0: Wow. How I see. I would not have remembered that. I uh,
2: do because it I annoyed me that I never got to speak about Dead Space One and Two.
0: Sure. Well, okay. okay. Um, I'm sure I'll get a chance soon with a review. Yeah. Well, I mean, you sort of can in this show to an extent because obviously mm. your 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 relationship with those games is going to be relevant. I completely understand that listeners may be thinking it, that it's uh, it feels a bit little perverse or at least counterintuitive to give Dead Space Three its own show when the far better received and considered first two games only got the one podcast back in the day but don't worry we will talk a little about the first two games especially as as we say carl and Leah weren't on that show and also we're really recording this one for two reasons one it's the 10th anniversary actually three reasons we like to conclude series where when we can it's the 10th anniversary of the game and we're recording it just a few days before the remake of the original dead space comes out this is your spoiler warning for the story of Dead Space 3. It concludes a trilogy, although apparently there were plans for a fourth game at the time. But it became apparent fairly early in development that that wasn't going to happen. More of which, Anon. So let's cast our minds back to 2013 or even earlier. And Dead Space 1 and 2, yeah, without we can, we haven't got time to do a trilogy show, but... Obviously, your relationship to those first two games, Carl, was going to be relevant yeah. as this one was announced and released. So take us back.
2: Yeah. So um, for anyone who knows my my history with this kind of you know genre, if you want to call it like survival horror horror in general, um, third person horror, I should say. Uh, Dead Space was up my street. I didn't actually pick Dead Space up at launch because it came out on like a crazy weekend of games, right? I think it, it did, was, famously. was. it Fable yeah. two
0: and Borderlands?
2: I yeah. want to say were the, the the two other games that came out on the same day.
0: No, um, it wasn't. Was it, it was. What?
2: Oh. I don't know. I, did, yeah, Mirror's did, Edge. It might have been. I remember I went to a LAN the day that it came out. It's a really weird thing, and I didn't pick up this game because you know money.
0: Yeah, it um, was uh, Q four two thousand eight had a lot of big. Xbox 360 slash PS3 titles in it. It
2: was wild. Um, And whilst I'd kept my eyes on it, I just, I couldn't justify it at the time. I thought, you know, (laughs) thinking about single player only, Um, how we ended up longing back for single player again. Um, And then I had a friend lend me his copy. And that's how I originally played it. Absolutely loved it. Ended up pre-ordering quite shambolic collector's edition of the second game. With oh, the yeah. uh, dodgy plastic plasma cutter that was awful. Um, <laughs> I think I still have and... that. Sucker. Oh, <laughs> pair I think it's in my. parents' loft somewhere. Yeah, um, no, I think it's at my parents'. So bad. House, but I, I remember treasure, having right? it
1: on like a shelf for a while.
2: It's so bad. Um... <laughs> So yeah, picked that one up, ended up playing both of those games through, ended up getting all the achievements in both. Yeah, even ended up playing the German version of Dead Space Two just to get more Dead Space again and be able to have that challenge of um, you know, playing through and getting the achievements again when I was so massively into that. So there was obviously a lot leading up into Dead Space Three, um, a lot of excitement, obviously a lot of concern. Um it obviously became known by this point that core was going to be a feature. But without that, it was it was a case that I was always going to get it on launch, after how um how much I adored kind of the first two games, so I mm. ended up pre-ordering it. Uh, they they always say don't pre-order games. I don't learn. Um, still I pre-ordered it, picked it up, decided I was going to have uh, two playthroughs right off the bat, one in single player and one in co-op. So like all this was pre-planned well before the game even arrived, and it was kind of the things I was looking forward to. Um. I think I even freed up my entire day to be able to just play it in a room with blackout curtains um, and just be able to dive into it. It was a really exciting time to just, you know, be be there for launch. <laughs> um, obviously, my thoughts on that, I will expand on a bit over time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an important one for me, a day one release.
0: Leah, what about you?
1: So I would, when the first Dead Space came out, I would have been working at GameStop, and I didn't, like, it looked cool, but I wasn't really playing shooters at that point. So I kind of, not dismissed it, but it wasn't super high up on my radar, and then people that I worked with were like, oh, this is so good, you need to try this, blah, blah, blah. So I I picked that up and ended up really liking it. I um yeah, I had forgotten about the Dead Space 2 Collector's Edition, but I guess I got that too, because I definitely had that plasma cutter. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed that. I don't remember when I I, I did not play Dead Space 3 at launch. Um I don't remember why. It was probably just a situation of I had so many games that you know it just didn't happen uh but i did play it a couple of years after that in co-op and then never touched it again until about two weeks ago when i picked it back up for the podcast and did a single player playthrough i i yeah i mean we'll we'll talk about it so i'm not going to get into it too much but uh i i really enjoyed it as a co-op game single player maybe not quite as much so we'll uh yeah we'll have to Explore, I suppose.
0: Yeah. uh So yes, yeah, so I received a review copy of this or a code for this uh, on Origin back ten years ago, and played about half the game on PC before submitting a, a short review. And I think I gave it maybe it was it was a it was a five star system we were using, and I was probably torn between three and four based on my playing half the game solo, um and I probably gave it the benefit of the doubt. I was, uh, uh, I was a big fan of Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2 I thoroughly enjoyed as well. In some ways, I thought it was, you know, like a slicker game and a refinement, but perhaps it lost some of the sort of uh, the novelty of the first game because we'd gotten used to that, all that really cool stuff it did with the diegetic inventory management and, uh, and just generally being such a, a slick performer. Um, and yeah, so I think between writing that review and playing the game, again now or fully in the run up to this show I don't think I touched it really uh, you know it lived there in my library um, I think it was given away with Games with Gold at some points a few years ago but hadn't seriously thought about getting around to concluding my time with the Dead Space trilogy but then I decided to put it on the roster for this show and uh, played it in co-op with Darren Gargett who sadly was supposed to be with us for this to make uh, one last appearance on the Kane and Rince podcast although I suspect I, I don't think he's uh, he's never fully gone he'll be back um so yeah it's it's a shame uh, that uh, that he's going to be missing from this one but hopefully I can communicate what our experiences were if not um the sheer uh insight that that Darren's uh, expertise uh, as a QA uh w- professional in the of the past brings and also you know, Darren's brain, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been fun playing through with him. But we had a lot to say about the game as we uh, as we played it over about 16 hours, fully in co-op, um, apart from one bit where the net code let us down. But um, yeah, we got to the end and then we didn't play the DLC, more of which later. So, yeah, It was developed by uh, the team at Visceral their last game uh, because they were sort of, I think they were starting to be dismantled during the development, Mm. as far as I can tell. Uh, Apparently the sales of Dead Space 2 were quite disappointing to EA, EA, um, which is a shame because it was reviewed tremendously well, as I'm sure we discussed back then. Uh, And yeah, Dead Space 3 was almost cancelled according to the development story on Wikipedia. Uh, But rather than that, they decided to try to make the game a bit more mainstream which is always, you know, always a winner, Mm -hmm. always bound to go well, Uh, aim it to kind of shave off all the interesting parts and make it the lowest common denominator classic. Um, But no, they added popcorn, uh, co-op gaming, and uh, made it a bit more action-focused and a bit less horror, um, which, you know, are elements that can negatively affect the sales of games, but also not, (laughs) like... Um when that when you're releasing a game that is feels more like a generic third person space shooter in an era when there are loads of those. I don't know, uh-huh. it didn't seem like a yeah. particularly wise move. But it
1: also and, did seem like that was around the time where everything had to have some kind of multiplayer like yes. if it didn't have a a large scale multiplayer, then it at least had to have co op because you, yeah. you, God knows, we cannot be alone with our thoughts because well, that right. would be terrible.
2: This yeah. was also, of course, the generation of peak gears of war, right? I mean, we, we'd be remiss mm, not yeah. to mention that as the obvious, you know, co op action shooting uh, title that that had kind of gone on to spawn, you know, uh, let three successful. But I mean, there, there, was, so <laughs> many, there was so many, there were so many bland games in that generation, and it just, you know, I immediately think of, you know, like, Fracture, Fuse, Lost Planet. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's not forget, like, Fuse was um, Insomniac, right? So, I mean, we're talking, like, oh, yeah. good stock, but really bland, boring, non-personality games. And another thing that people tend to not be aware of regarding Dead Space 2 is that if you include everything all wrapped up in one package including the marketing it's one of the most expensive games ever like it was 50% more expensive than the witcher 3 which released 2 years later in terms of everything all wrapped up which is mm. nuts when you mm. when you when you factor in that it was a single player story driven um horror game that isn't the biggest audience and spent that much money on it it's not a surprise that EA would want to try and think of a way to pull as much money in as they can from the third one. Horror isn't that, you know, uh, so it's... I I see why they did it, but at the same time, they were also going down a really strange route with the Dead Space franchise. Like, we had so many spin-offs and side stories and cartoons. It was like they were trying to build their own Star Wars universe out of something and then trying to make it really accessible by everyone. It was such a strange sort of... Concept into release.
0: Yeah, so Ben Wannak took over as a director on this one, having been involved in necromorph design and background lore creation on the previous games. Uh, he has since, after almost 12 years at EA, since gone on to work at Outpost Games, where he was a creative director, then a creative director at Crystal Dynamics, and now a senior creative director at Sledgehammer Games. <laughs> uh we most of the rest of the team uh were people who'd worked on the previous games and have since well they were mostly immediately i think taken off to go and work on battlefield hardline
2: mm-hmm.
0: which uh was you know is not the most was the fondly talked about uh episode in that particular franchise i wouldn't have said but again probably not you know not the fault of Undoubtedly, some talented developers. This is, you know, what happens at big studios sometimes with creative or business directions leading studios down certain potential blind alleys. Um, The artists one one stood out to me uh, as well as Alex Muscat. There's Ian Millam, who is actually the game director of Marvel's Avengers, which has been in the news this week because after I was surprised to read it's been out for three years. um, But it's now being put to sleep. Uh, But obviously, yeah, that was, I guess, you know, a promotion from working on uh, within a creative team to a game director. Uh, Writers, uh, Chuck Beaver, who's the narrative director on Battlefield 1, which is a a game that actually that actually won some awards for its narrative uh, as a single player component to to what was normally a multiplayer focused franchise. Uh, Jay Turner also wrote on Dead Space 3, who was the writer of Jade Empire for Bioware, as well as uh, wrote some of Mass Effect 1 and 2. And uh, Sherry Priest was also a, a credited name. And the only other Sherry Priest credit I could find is, well, I say credit, it's uh, it's a whole career. It's a novelist, um, which makes, you know, if, if it is the same one, it's the only one I could find on Google. And uh, so she seems to have gone from Dead Space 3 to a, a successful career in actual writing books. And the composers are Jason Graves, who is uh, on all kinds of things, and James Hannigan. The game was released on 360, PS3 and PC, the main big three formats back at the time. There was no Wii U version, uh, 5th to 8th February 2013. I just wanted to mention because uh, this was from our regular correspondent, Alex79, uh, via our forum. And this was actually something also experienced by Darren, who's not here to uh, speak for himself but we were both playing this on xbox series consoles me on an x him on an s and the game wonderfully i think features a frame rate boost and auto hdr which means that you get a, a slightly more contemporary looking presentation obviously you can still play this on pc at high resolutions and as usual and frame rates but Uh, There may be some issues with playing it on series console. Uh, Darren said he he had this experience and Alex79 says, I have a patchy history with Dead Space. I abandoned the first game about two thirds of the way through after getting fed up with it. But then I really enjoyed the second game when it was given away with PlayStation Plus a few years back. I'd never played the third game in the series. So when Leon announced it was to be featured on the show, I thought I'd give it a go and downloaded it on Game Pass. It's part of EA's EA Play, is it? Part of Mm -hmm. Game Pass Ultimate. Unfortunately, I ended as almost as soon as I'd begun. I got about an hour in, but for whatever reason, perhaps it was due to the FPS upgrade playing on a series console via backwards compatibility, which made the game feel super smooth. The game made me feel awful motion sickness, the likes of which I've only ever experienced with a tiny handful of games. I don't think the shaky camera helped and the way it lurched around so excessively at times. This is a shame because I quite enjoyed the opening sections and the combat felt exciting, movement weighty and the stomp was as satisfying as ever but i just couldn't shake the feeling of nausea and headache that came with it i should say uh, darren didn't have it to that extent but he did mention motion uh the the motion being a bit ott and i guess that was something about it not being calibrated for 60 frames although i don't know what the technical differences are between it running at 60 frames or higher on on a pc version um, maybe there is some oddness that comes in with it being forced into 60 fps but i think you can uncheck that right on backwards compatibility if you,
2: you, want. you can uncheck it on the series consoles and, and force it back to original
0: yeah so right. it would be the original frame rate which was pre- presumably targeting 30 but possibly didn't always hit it on a 360 but would do on a series console i oh. guess
1: yeah i don't know i didn't I, if you have to turn on the frame boost i did not do that i i just played it hmm. at whatever it because uh, i i also it played would it, default on X. it yeah it defaults yeah
2: the, I, the fps boost on
1: huh yeah yeah so no I, I didn't mess with, with that and i didn't i i'm not really prone to that but no, i i did not have no any issues, issues.
0: cool huh. cool so yes your mileage may vary etc um and if you play it on ps3 um i'm guessing based on the fact that this is a 2013 ea game I don't know. Performance is probably slightly less than the original 360 version, but I haven't done a comparison. So any fanboys, don't flame don't <laughs> me. I can't cope. <laughs> uh, reviews wise, this one didn't do as well with the professional critics as its predecessors, which were, as I recall, high 80s scorers without looking. Uh, this was a high 70s score 78 percent, according to Metacritic. User reviews, Metacritic has it at a 62 Uh, Even less enthusiasm from punters. That's from 1,400 people nearly. And Steam, it sits on mostly positive from 6,700 odd folks. Sales wise, we don't know, but we know it sold 605,000 copies in North America in its debut month. The first week of sales in the UK, Dead Space 3 peaked at number one, but sales were more than 20% less funny way of putting it, (laughs) than those of Dead Space 2, uh, which was already were already disappointing to EA, so it failed to meet Electronics Arts sales expectations, though no sales figures were released. Al from our Patreon says, I have mostly only good things to say about Dead Space 3, though. Yes, it's not as atmospheric, claustrophobic, and tense as the first one, and Isaac should never have said a word. (laughs) But the game has great set pieces that I really enjoyed and will never forget as a fan of the genre. What comes to mind are, for example, the impressive voyage from spaceship to spaceship in the Ice Planet's orbit, and especially the last third of the game where Isaac explores the alien city. The atmosphere there was truly alien and creepy to me. The Ice Planet itself was an unusual choice, but maybe a welcome one, given the fact that the games had focused mainly on technological or indoor environments before. I really appreciate the last stages of the game, which felt to me like literally going into an abyss of a threatening alien world. The final battle is over the top, but a satisfying conclusion to the whole story of three games with an intriguing lore, which I would like to know more about. I have read all the novels, comics and watched the films. I guess I'm quite a fanboy. Films, I'd kind of forgotten. What, what's, what was the deal there? Was there, was there some animation? I think it was an something? anime, wasn't yeah. it? it was a short yeah, I, yeah, I
1: believe so. I, it's, it's. Um, I want to say that I've seen it available on like, I, maybe it's Netflix. I, mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. remember, but um, it's. I, I haven't watched it in a while, but I, I remember being pretty okay. Uh, not okay. you know nothing completely outstanding that I'd want to watch over and over again, but
0: if yeah. you like
1: the the setting and the story, it's probably worth looking up. Also the um some of the spin-offs, like um not specifically targeted towards Dead Space Three, but there was the one uh, I don't remember what it was called, but uh the, the light
0: gun one or the interactive novel one?
1: Was the the light gun one. Uh, yeah, extraction? Yeah.
0: Extraction. Ah
1: yes, extraction. I actually yeah, liked extraction. Fun. It was I mean yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Much just it was on rails, but it was it was fun, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, especially with a move controller or a Wii a Wii remote.
1: I think I played it on the Wii.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yes, there was another thing that was released on XBLA, as it was back then, wasn't there, which was a little, I'm sure we talked about it, this this in the original podcast, was a, a less well received, was it like a little interactive story oh, yes. version of the game? There was, yeah.
2: Wow, well, totally forgot about that until you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah, well, yes. Was.
0: So I, I suppose my question to to you, the panel, is, Carl, I know we, we've talked before because you've been very into stuff like the Halo lore and mm-hmm. I don't always take it very seriously or pay much attention to it. Now, with Dead Space, I always thought that the scenario, that is the basic idea and the setting, was cool and interesting. What I didn't ever get into, particularly after the first game, with, with the first game has the silent protagonist and then the second game starts having a talking protagonist. And I think we talked about that in the original podcast as well. It was a long time ago. Um, And as often is the case from my point of view, it kind of started to take itself a bit too seriously and get a bit too bogged down in factions and proper nouns and uh, thinking that we cared about characters that we didn't really. And I might be being terribly unfair, but did. So going into this game, having really enjoyed one and two, was was it all about the game or were you actually kind of, were you invested at this point in the story?
2: So there was was two parts. Uh, Very seldom do I get attached to a protagonist in a game. You know, uh, you mentioned Halo. It's a prime example. I don't really care about Master Chief, but I really like the law of Mm -hmm. the, the universe of Halo. And I guess with Dead Space, I don't really care about Isaac, but I find the background, Story of a, a, a sort of a, a schism in the the way that the world has altered under things like Unitology. I found it as a really fascinating backbone. Um, and what I would say is being able to talk about this in now early twenty twenty three, I realize how important that is to my enjoyment of of this world. After playing the Callisto Protocol, for example, where mm. it doesn't have the foundations for something like that. So you realize, or at least I've realized now, kind of looking back retrospectively, that that really is such an important core facet of what I really liked specifically about Dead Space 2. And the idea of being able to continue that in Dead Space 3 was a big part of it, not the characters at all. Um, So yes, the story and the lore is a big thing because when it's built up right and it's done well, and some elements of Dead Space 2 handled this really, really well in terms of the the background story um some of the, the the logs that you pick up some of the interactions the environments that you're in the things like the church of unitology and stuff were really strong things mm-hmm. that are kind of ingrained in the same way that you know black mesa was to to ha- to half life you know it it's mm-hmm. kind of an intrinsic part of that experience so yes it was really important mm-hmm. um it's also probably one of the reasons why I'm less keen on I mean it's one of the re- it's not the only reason but it's one of the reasons why I'm I'm definitely less keen on Dead Space 3 to the first two as well because it did start to um, veer a little bit away from being so locked down in that 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 story um and and started kind of broadening out a bit and I think it's always a bit of a risk when you broaden out um you know Halo has probably had it quite uh, an issue with Halo 4 5 Infinite um whereas you know, it it there the has been proof that you can branch away from that core story with things like ODST and Reach, which were really well done. So, um, mm. the, the there is a craft to being able to continue it. It is such an important part for me when I go out and play a game and I get involved in a series. Um, and so yeah, that that was the kind of the big driver for me to want to play.
0: When when it was presented to you and you played through, did it satisfy? Excite? No,
2: no, not at all. It felt like it had kind of. It it was. There there was mild references, but it was no. uh, No point was it the the core. um, uh, You know, uh, I suppose the the core element of the background story and the world being built around this shift. It was kind of muted, and everything Mm -hmm. was kind of in in the immediacy in the action, and that kind of became the story of Dead Space Three. It felt like it was kind of very much detached from its own universe, and and only what I was experiencing as a player was all that mattered in that game. And the, the, at that point, you kind of... I, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to break the reality because it's very clearly a science fiction game, but you're kind of breaking the rules set that have been laid out in the first two when it comes to the third. And that—that—that that, that is what really kind of hampered that experience for me.
0: Leah, did you have any investment?
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with, with what Carl's saying here. And I think that part of the issue, and it has been a while since I've played Dead Space 2, but... From what I recall, Dead Space 2 kind of wrapped up pretty self-containedly. Mm. Like it, I don't I don't know if they were ever intending from the beginning or or from even the sequel for it to be a trilogy because it kind of seemed like, you know, after Dead Space 2, they could have just stopped and it wouldn't have like been a cliffhanger or it wouldn't have been, you know, it it wasn't like Halo in that way. So i mean i i it feels a little tacked on story wise because you know you're opening you're not opening with everything kind of in motion. you're opening with things have been stopped for a while. Isaac is in some trashy apartment feeling sorry for himself, and you know it's he thought he was out, but they pulled him back in and and that's fine if you can support that kind of story, but I just it didn't it didn't really feel like it felt separated it it did and i I think. Like I said, I think that's probably in part because it it almost feels like they weren't really intending to do this, but then you know they they had to pick it back up because EA said, "Hey guys, we need another one of these. Here's a bunch of money." So yeah.
2: yeah. Also, kudos on a a great Godfather reference from regarding a game made by the same studio that did the Godfather games. So,
0: ah,
2: wrapped right. up very nicely.
0: So here's where I'm sort of gonna. <laughs> start moaning a bit about the game and it's partly circumstantial and, and contextual. So I, I I as I say I played half the game ten years ago. Don't remember anything about it really uh beyond the sort of the snowy setting and a couple of the cutscenes kind of jog my memory a bit, but I couldn't remember any of the details. And as I say, I was never fully into the story and the the actual characters of Dead Space, but I did like the the setting and the concepts. Um, Darren and I had real issues playing this in co-op with the way the story was told and presented. And it felt rather like it was a single player game that happened to have co-op because you've got all these characters that are constantly nagging you, just nagging, (laughs) nagging and moaning Um, while we're trying to play our game and have a laugh. There's just, it just felt like we were, we were being badgered throughout. Um, Mm. And there was just like every, every exchange seemed to be, critical like i get it was a high stress situation whatever it was they were going through it involved enormous danger and cold and monsters and the fate of mankind i get that but there was just it was just it i don't know at times it was like sort of um it was yeah it was like it wanted to be aliens or something but without any of the kind of the humor and uh warmth that that even that Horrible, you know, horror, horror, horrifying sci-fi shoot 'em up situation has, um, and so I do wonder. There's, a, I just, yeah, there, there are a lot of issues with playing this in co-op. It, it, in in many ways, I suspect it made the game more fun, but also it felt like this game just wasn't really the, yeah, the storytelling wasn't designed around co-op. Although, even though it does actually have some quite clever specific things where you both, you play different uh you see different cutscenes as the as the two different characters. But yes, I should caveat all this with Darren and I weren't taking it very seriously. Um our adventure in Dead Space 3 involved my character, who was called Ian Dead Space, and his <laughs> character who was called Clive Horror. And um we were uh freeing the universe from vegetable monsters with yogurt. So yeah perhaps um uh, you know a little a little reductive and childish um but we did we did get fed up with them nagging us that's all i can say was was that is that ju- is that just down to the way we were playing it or
1: <laughs> maybe but i can't say that my experience playing it in co-op was much different to be perfectly honest right i i it i, I don't know i i mean i when i played it in co-op i was definitely not playing it for the story and when yeah. i played it in single player recently it, it, it just wasn't very good. <laughs> the, the the story that is, I, I right. felt like the the gameplay was okay, but in the story you would especially see segments, and gameplay wise as well. But you would especially see segments where it was pretty clearly intended to be that there was someone else here because you're is it Carver? Uh, okay. Is he? Yes. Uh, yeah. Clive so like. Horror. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, exactly. Yes. Uh, Clive horror. Um, Clive <laughs> horror. Yes. There were sections where like he would just kind of pop up, and it was like, oh my god, have you been here the whole time? Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah, and and you know there there are things like when you do the little puzzles to undo some of the locks, and you know you, there are two stations there, so clearly there is supposed to be a second person there, but uh, you're the only one, so I don't know. I guess just use both joysticks. Um. Yeah, ha- ha- knowing what was air quotes supposed to be there with a second right. person going back through without that second person was kind of comical in it's, places. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It we-
2: it doesn't really wreak the benefits of a solo experience or the co op experience. Both kind right. of
0: hamper each other. Now sounds like it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like for example, in the solo experience, certain elements of that gameplay much better than the doing co op. But at the same time, as Leah's already mentioned, there there's, there's so many elements where it clearly you're supposed to know that there is someone there. But then you get those moments where I don't know if you if if you noticed it or or remembered it, but certain cutscenes are made for it as if you're playing in a solo experience. So you'll just have former, you know, Newcastle United assistant manager John Carver, um, mm. just walk <laughs> out of shot. <laughs> <laughs> so that it could turn into a cutscene that would be right. perfectly used for uh, a, a solo experience. Um, kind of the first time you notice it, you think it's a bug, and then you realise that it's actually in quite a lot of shots. And it just becomes uh, unintentionally comical. And and I, and I think there's a, a multitude of areas in this game that do become stupidly comical, and it kind of loses its entire atmosphere in court, which is it's already a difficult ask. But it just it becomes... Really bizarre when it chooses to be uh, a a game with two protagonists versus the ninety percent where there's clearly only one, but you're supposed to believe that there's two. It's just it's such a strange mishmash.
0: Yeah, we decided that Clive was a figment. I that Darren was a figment of my imagination, which may be true. Um, mm. at this point, after ten years of podcasting, Darren, with him, who now it, w- it wouldn't surprise, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but we couldn't actually tell if the game was going down that road or not. I think I think Clive Horror was meant to be there the whole time, but um, it could have been a Tyler Durden situation for all I knew or cared. And I know this sounds incredibly disrespectful to the writers and the people who... Uh, really cared about this story, so apologies if 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 it's if it was totally your bag and it worked for you, then all well and good but um yeah. but yeah and and obviously the the situation of me playing it in court with somebody who just you know we like to make each other laugh a lot and be silly when we're playing games and also pick games apart as well as constantly saying when we're enjoying them, we also constantly say, why did they do that what What's the point in that? This bit's terrible, you know, and so on and so forth so. Um, but for those who are interested, the uh, the blurb on Steam says journey across space to the icy planet of Tau Volantis with Isaac Clarke and Sergeant John Carver to discover and destroy the source of the necromorph outbreak, comb the harsh environment for raw materials and scavenge parts to create the ultimate customized weapons and survival tools. You'll need them if Isaac and Carver. Hope to make it off the planet alive. And necromorphs are just one of the many enemies they'll face this time around. Overcome avalanches, treacherous ice climbs, violent wilderness and an army of deadlier, more evolved enemies on your mission to save mankind from the impending apocalypse. (laughs) Tolkien Taters says. The story feels extra extra tropey and a little less interesting than its predecessor. It's certainly not a bad game, and it's a solid co-op experience with a friend, but ultimately less interesting than the other games in the series. However, I did like the extremely over-the-top reveal that evil space moons were the real antagonists.
1: You know, I'd actually kind of blocked it out of my head, um, despite having finished this game again, what, two weeks ago or so, (laughs) that the moon is the evil antagonist. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. (sighs) I'm the, sorry. Uh, continue.
0: <laughs> the uh, the uh, as with the previous two games, uh, and you would have been looking for it by this point as well, of course. But I guess they weren't revealed until you got to them. But there's uh, was it how many chapters in the game? Well, there's there's quite a, there's a few uh, optional chapters, but the first letters of all the chapters spell Brother Moon's awake. Yes, I am. Yes, Brother Moon. Deadpool Negative has uh, a pretty damning take on the story. As well, from our forum, all of humanity is on the brink of destruction. The story isn't confined to one place. It jumps from Earth to deep space to the massive frozen wastes of Tal Volantis. And worst of all, Isaac's love life is in trouble. This works initially, given how well paced the first section of the game is, as Isaac tries to avoid the villainous Danik, Simon Templeman, was playing a sweet, goofy alien in a human disguise on the short-lived sitcom The Neighbours at the time of this game's release. So this was a fun contrast. But the further the game goes, the more one seems to wonder, what's the point? What are Isaac and Carver even fighting for anymore, given how much humanity has been devastated? The Awakened DLC ends with the reveal that pretty much the entire universe is screwed. Where do you go from there? The love triangle between Isaac, Ellie and Norton is a non-starter, especially given the eventual revelations about Norton. So it's hard to get too invested in that. The story of what happened on Tau Volantis is half fascinating, i.e. the true nature of Rosetta and what happened on the planet, and half ridiculous. Wait, they had a chance to stop this 200 years ago and it didn't happen simply because one of the higher-ups didn't think it would work. Lame. Having to discover recording after recording of someone describing every step that was taken back then, which Isaac and Carver have to replicate, was mildly hilarious. I do appreciate the attempt to go bigger, to create a more absorbing narrative, it's just that the narrative on display isn't nearly as strong as the previous two games, which are more grounded, so to speak. Any thoughts on uh, the, the overall kind of cast and, and scripting uh, for the game? We've sort of been a bit mean about it already. But I've, actually, I would say, uh, you know, there's some, there's some uh, familiar and, and experienced voice actors in here, and they're all kind of gamely giving it their best. So it's, not like, uh, it's not like Resident Evil 2 or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, so I I I thought that the the uh voice performances and and te- were were technically fine, you know, everybody I I mean even if the script wasn't regardless of what you feel about the script, I think mm-hmm. that the 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 performances were perfectly great. Uh, yeah, they they worked for what it was and, you know, that that's all fine. <sighs> okay. So my biggest problem with this mm-hmm. script, I think is not even any of the alien stuff it's the relationship that they try to shoehorn in here between ellie Mm. and uh what's his name again um norton norton um like so yes he turns out to be that you know evil he was working with the 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 bad guys the whole time he's been trying but he wasn't a nice guy to begin with Mm. like we don't see any of that he's a jerk from the very beginning and Mm. for some reason ellie is hanging out like i i when you get to the section where you are in the lab uh reassembling rosetta and everything catches on fire and you know you have to leave and you're heroically trying to get ellie out of there but you just can't i'm like just shut her in there who cares I, I, I felt nothing for her because I was so mad that she had just clung to this jerk, this, you know, this guy who has seemingly absolutely nothing redeeming. And she's going, oh, but he's usually such a nice guy. And I'm like, girl, I, I can't. Never on I screen. cannot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that was my big problem with the storyline. Isaac seemed
0: to get over shutting her in that room quite quickly as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, she it, it's fine. She got out. I... Yeah, and <laughs> and he forgives her too. Like they both forgive me. Like okay, I get it for him. He's just he's just thirsty. Whatever, I get it. She like I, okay, nope, nope. He just hops hops straight on over. Oh no, you killed my evil boyfriend. <laughs> oh, Well, that's cool. We can just keep going. It's fine.
0: Easy come, easy <laughs> go. <going>. Yeah, suppose <gasps> after
2: the events of the previous games, it's not really even in her top ten craziest moments. I guess, but it's. Uh... <sighs> it's weird because Ellie is it's the same performance. It's the same actress doing the voice yet. Mm. The character is representation is so different between the second mm. and third game that it's very hard to take her serious. It's very like, like the, there's a bit where she turns up in like a really low cut top and you're like,
0: her Darren mentioned this. Yeah. Like there was some really, um, I know we're, we're going back 10 years. um but yeah, some seriously inappropriate space wear, but noticeably only on the female characters.
2: Yeah. And it's in the first, in it, sorry, in the first game, in the second game, she's there, like fully bandaged up, like Vasquez from aliens, you know, like just tough and, and like a, a, a really solid character in the game to to, to battle through to the end. And then just not that in the third and say, like am i a... down the sexy am yeah, i supposed yeah. to take that like where i wonder I if that was that?
0: part of the uh, the more you know in the same way as the game was made less a bit less horror and a bit more action and so on and so forth was it you know let's sex it up a bit as well <laughs> let's make the ladies look a bit nicer for the boys who are yeah. playing this game the that
1: female kind of doctor whose name i've also forgotten tells you a lot about how i feel about the characterization of most of the characters in this game but um the, I thought, you know, from the beginning, I thought, okay, cool. She's going to be a good character. She's going to be pretty strong. And then, of course, she's the one who has a freaking breakdown in the middle of everything. Oh, I can't go that's on. It. We have to. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, okay. I mean, yes, I would probably do that, too. But the fact that it's one of the <laughs> two main female characters, the two female yeah. characters, not even main female characters. There are two. Okay, cool. That's fine. I, I, don't, I don't need it to be, you know, a... a Every character is female or anything like that, but like yeah. you know, it would be nice if it's the opposite of a worked... sausage fest. I, you know, I it's
0: I don't want to say. I, <laughs> I think I, uh... I think I know what you were going to say, about no, <laughs> go on. No, <laughs> I think we'll but, leave uh, it.
1: Yeah, no, I I just I it was disappointing to me that the female characters they did have in there were kind of not great. <laughs> I, I I don't. <laughs> I don't think that they were terrible necessarily, but I agree that Ellie seems to have taken a downhill slope and the other characters started off so promising, to me at least, and then Mm. just falls apart.
0: See what you reckon to this take from our Patreon. This is from somebody called RAN, R-A-N, all caps. Conventional Wisdom says EA ruined this game and killed the franchise by mandating a successful horror series suddenly play, act, and sell like a crowd-pleasing action blockbuster. And yeah, I can't really argue with that take. I think the sheer talent of Visceral Studios salvages some of the experience. The production design is still breathtaking. The mechanics are as sound as ever. And the space station section comprising the opening hours is among the best zero-G segments in gaming to this day. But what's most telling here are all the elements injected into the game for the sake of making it more popular and what that says about the state of AAA game development back in the 2010s. While the previous two games... Touched on a lot of different themes, the dangers of religion and the military-industrial complex, trauma, mental illness, body horror, survivors, guilt. Dead Space 3 compresses all of that into a rather ugly beta male revenge fantasy that sees your ex-girlfriend's new beau, a self-satisfied marine captain who looks like he should be fueling up a Cadillac in an erectile dysfunction commercial, dragging a very broody and grimdark isaac through various set pieces while a cadre of space marines heckle and jeer like someone scripted a cod voice chat eventually you reunite with said ex-girlfriend ellie from dead space 2 who seems to have gone through a focus group hopper and emerged less a character and more a human human-shaped scatter plot where the x-axis is the person serving you buffalo wings at every Hooters in North America and the y-axis is a 3D modeler going home and not being able to look his daughter in the eye. Every antagonism and plot twist is framed in the cartoon dichotomies of a galloping persecution complex. The commandos that heckle us for two straight hours are revealed to be incompetent chaff. The new boyfriend turns out to be a traitor despite it contradicting his character and making no rational sense. And after draping herself on the arm of the most irredeemable crapsack in a hundred light light-year radius, Ellie comes to profess her undying love to us by the game's end. There's enough ugly wish fulfilment on display here to start... uh, Here, you start to view characters as emotional baggage someone left on the turnstile for too long. There's something very stunted about Dead Space 3, both as a sequel, but most especially as a story. Only recommended for those willing to endure treacherous adventures on planet Incel...
1: I don't
2: disagree. That is um... <laughs> Let's just wrap the, the show up there. <laughs> Please write in this? again, Ran.
1: And done. <laughs> yes.
0: Great words. Uh, just uh, just as a curio, IMDB points out that the very beginning and the very end of the Dead Space series, as it was then, ends with crash landings. Isaac and the crew of the Kellyan crash land on the Ishimura, beginning Isaac's life with Necromorphs and the end of Dead Space 3 Awakened. The DLC ends with Isaac and Carver crashing into a moon surrounding Earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the visuals. We've uh, we've seen them, heard them hinted at, uh, and I have to say, this was the one area where, yeah, one of the two areas where Darren and I repeatedly found ourselves going, "Crikey, this still looks pretty good," especially playing with the frame rate boost and the HDR on the Xbox Series. But I suspect it would still hold up okay, even with a a more twenty thirteen s presentation. Um, environment still look pretty cool. Uh, it doesn't look all it doesn't look overly kind of uh, blurry the, in the way that a lot of games yeah. from that era do. Uh, it's got some cool lighting, um, production design. The suits I think look cool. Um, there's lots to like here, technically and aesthetically, from my point of view. I yeah, ran into a... a couple
1: of points where there was some pretty ugly pop in, but it wasn't frequent. Sure. So yeah. and I mean with a game that old I'm not I'm not that concerned. Yeah. But um mm. but yeah, I, other than that I agree. I thought it looked pretty good.
2: It is a really, really quite a pretty game. Um especially at the time. I mean there's always something about kind of snow based landscapes in games that always hold some sort of attraction for me anyway. So that's yeah. kind of a, a, an easy win, and as soon as you are kind of leaning into one of my very favorite movies of all time, The Thing, it's you know I'm yeah. kind of already going to be on board at that. But uh, art design has never been a weak point for Visceral; they were always really good at it. Whether it was um, you know the nailed the atmosphere of The Godfather games, uh, Dante's Inferno had a really interesting art style that they did great work with, and obviously, I mean, Dead Space one, two specifically, but also three. Are also very very strong, um, and, and they were working with a, a really good uh, modified engine, essentially the, the 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 tweaked for their own purposes, mm-hmm. um, which which I think is was both very good and bad. And I know that there was the, the talk earlier about the you know the, the the good zero G and the the good zero G sections in the game, and and it working well. However. That was never meant for a co op experience, and that kind of hampers it from a technical perspective. And also, it felt like it worked for the environments that were built out of Dead Space 2, but in Dead Space 3, certain bits of it felt like a, a push too much. And a lot of the gameplay could become a distraction from the world that you were in anyway, because you'd kind of lost that sense of isolation that made things like the Ishimura in the first game so, you know, foreboding um, to enter, that is kind of somewhat lost. But everything taken in isolation, as kind of a snapshot in that moment, is actually really technically good for you know a twenty thirteen game, and unlike a lot of its peers, it's not overwhelmingly brown. So that that was also quite entertaining to uh, play. Bit grey and white,
0: bit grey and white, but
2: I'll I'll take grey and white. I'll always take you know coloured
0: lights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we actually uh, we did have and I don't know really what this comes under, but it's I I mean, it's technical and I don't know whether it's specific to the way we were playing Darren and I, but we did have some issues. I was hosting generally and uh, he was, uh, I guess, jumping into my game and uh, he was suffering some quite hilarious uh, physics glitching when whenever he killed anything, um, which actually just added to the fun, but uh, wasn't wasn't as planned by the developers for sure. But on the on the flip side, we also had talking about the zero G sections. We were both remarking during one late game segment where you're zooming up and down and all around in zero G together, uh, how cool it was looking at somebody just like facing a completely different way up and shooting aliens from, you know, miles away off the wall. And it kind of, you know, it, it holds together technically actually in a way that, perhaps we were yeah. expecting more issues in some ways we had a few quirks and foibles and certainly some issues with the co-op mechanics um buttons pressing and the and the game saying waiting for partner and then yeah it not responding to all that stuff but but overall yeah it was um considering we you know we're kind of, in a way with the backwards compatibility on xbox and all that you're simulating or emulating an older system within another system and we're kind of using the net code from the 360 but we're using the party chat from the xbox consoles the modern consoles and all that and the fact that it all holds together is is kind of cool it's, partly, is, is, it's pa- cool, yeah. partly credit to microsoft uh, and their their program on this but also i guess there's that we should give some credit to the original games co-op for having flaws but certainly you know not being it's it's still it's still highly playable. We played through the entire game in co-op it in 20, 23. 23.
2: There's the sometimes you can go back to games. I mean, we, we're looking obviously ten years on now. This is, like we're getting towards the tenth anniversary of this game being released, mm-hmm. as you as you kind of as you mentioned in the very intro. And sometimes you can look at stuff and think, well, ten years wasn't that long ago. It'll still hold up, and you'll go back to it, and it's like, ooh, that that isn't the case something like this does hold up a little bit better now i've not played it for a, about three years i booted it up on my pc when i got it um in what i can't remember what year's on apps called um on on pc but i played it on there just to kind of see what it would look like in, in in better visuals and i was quite you know like i say quite surprised at how well certain things had hold up it had held up but i mean we're talking about Backwards compatibility across two generations of consoles ago, with numerous features underlying it, and I think the fact that you can actually do that, plus an FPS boost on on you know mm. the, the new series consoles, kind of makes it really really impressive as a as a feat ten years on. That actually, it's I don't want to say it, it, it's really a, a a very playable game because I suppose that's somewhat subjective but it's from a, technical a, fun- it's a perspective, functional it game yeah yeah from a technical yeah. perspective it really is but what I, the the one issue i had playing co-op and i remember this distinctly is if i so i was never the host because at the time i always had slower internet than the person i played with and mm. they had much faster internet so we did it that way um as the guest a few times throughout i actually fell through the world um
0: when, ah, yes, we did have one of those. Yeah,
2: yes. and it, that was always a bit frustrating. I mean, you'd laugh about it. But it was, you know, I suppose if you were doing something like the the, the kind of a no-death run that was in the second game or something like that, then that would be really frustrating. But it was just weird that that was kind of the one real big foible from a technical perspective that i experienced on a number of occasions was obviously there was the, the ragdoll effects that you talked about, which aren't exclusive to like the series or anything to do with the backwards compatibility that was there actually just just straight falling through the world is always a very strange thing when you're just walking forwards and suddenly you know you've gone
0: yeah i'm probably cutting it some slack in a way because yes now you come to mention it we did have one where i tried to exit an elevator onto a level and just fell into the void and but again like we just laughed and of course again because we're running it on modern consoles darren's capturing the footage and posting it up so we can all laugh at it again yeah maybe that isn't uh, something that should be applauded but actually you know again it was funny in, in a game that we weren't taking particularly seriously anyway the checkpointing was I would say inconsistent sometimes it was uh, it was pretty good and fair and uh, didn't cost us too much progress other times we ended up redoing sections and it had the old checkpoints just before cutscenes scenes or, or long conversations yeah. thing going on and stuff that even by the 2013 we should have left behind, especially after all the conversation post Gears of War 1, which was 2006, uh, with the, you have the slow walking conversations after the checkpoint. Like, surely that was, yeah, just why did you not have that conversation? Um, And the fact that some games still had that and possibly even still have that, although mostly not to this day. Some, Some games do still have that, I would just say. <clears throat> like the Callisto protocol I was going to say yeah <laughs> they, but yeah at least they're patch they're patching some of it right yeah um, Magical Ice Pod from the forum says while I do believe Dead Space 3 has its highlights it's a tremendously stupid and boisterous game compared to those that came before it Dead Space 2 went a bit harder on the narrative and action than the original, but it still felt appropriately isolating and and oppressive. Dead Space 3 comparatively feels like a direct-to-video knockoff with horror and tension replaced with a toddler banging on pots and pans for attention. I inserted that there because that takes us nicely onto audio design. (laughs) Which, uh, again, as with the previous two games, and again, with the caveat that I spent a lot of this time yakking and and listening to Darren as well. Um, Again, the audio was often the points where Darren and I would go, oh, that sounded good, whether it's machinery or doors or the alien noises or... um, It's very squishy. ...environmental. Lots of squishing, especially the stomping.
2: And it's, (laughs) I think, a lot like, um, you know, Dead Space 1 and 2, uh, which I do have the soundtracks for. In isolation actually sounds a lot like pots and pans um, being smashed together. Not the most listenable things external from the experience. However, in the game, very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I had le- I've less to say about the score. It seemed uh, obviously, you know, highly competent, um, but a bit maybe a bit generic and and bombastic compared to what I was after. I could have done with a bit more creep. But again, a bit more with of the, the same, isn't it? As well with yeah, with the co-op emphasis, like you need the sounds to be, you need the music to be brash and loud and the sounds to be brash and loud. If you were playing it as a solo survival horror experience, uh, it would be, you'd be after perhaps something a bit more unsettling and creepy. Uh, the, what I did want to say, this, this sort of goes back to the visuals a bit, but one, uh, critique I would have about the, the, the graphics and the and the art design is that the Necromorphs are kind of, to me seem less distinct, distinctive and distinct than they were in the previous games. So you've got these like the, the, the fantastic turkey-like stalker enemies which peek around corners at you and make horrific noises. Um, but like so many of the enemies in this game look just kind of a bit um, indistinct. Like often games designers talk about things having a very clear silhouette and things like that. And I don't think maybe some of the enemies here really tick that box for me.
2: I think that's probably a very fair um, point. I think it's arguably even worse when you factor in the amount of, you know, straight up human enemies that you have in this game that are all just every shade of of bland um, in terms of, you know, lack of distinctions and and just straight up boring design. Uh, Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's again similar problems to what I have in a lot of other games, and it's it's that distinction of the necromorphs from particularly the the suite of animations. Um, and as you mentioned, there the silhouettes that were so good in the first two. I'm not entirely sure whether that's a case of when you play it in co-op, you play more aggressively, it loses the tension, so everything is a bit more of an action fest anyway. That it loses some of that mm. that slow approach that you may be able to try. You know, when it, when it's tense, you try and work out what type of enemy it is from a distance and you're maybe a bit more um, mm. cautious in your approach, that does get somewhat lost as well. But I, I think part of that does tie into just a straight-up design concept um, of, of Dead Space 3, which we will definitely talk about because it's specific to kind of the combat um, mm. and, and the intention is very much different um, in the approach in Dead Space 3. So maybe yeah. that is just the point is that it becomes... Uh, a very standard, like a a standard grunt, just an enemy for you to to blow through.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we we can segue into that because really, that is my kind of my main issue with the game was the combat design, the encounter mm. design, and the alien enemy behavior. So it's it's curious. So very early on in the game, you're sort of uh, you're shown the one new mechanic. So it, it's brought over most of the the stuff that really worked well from almost everyone's point of view from the previous two games, the way the character controls, the way they feel you got, uh, you got the little dodge roll from the original game that was, you didn't need to use it loads. Um, maybe you did on those super hard difficulties that you went through, Carl, but um, the actual, a lot of that, a lot of that stuff, especially for the time, the, the control of, of Isaac in that space, the fact that he could move and shoot, unlike, Obviously, it wasn't we weren't when when the first one came out, we were only, what, three years on from Resident Evil 4, which was still a real touchstone for over the shoulder action horror shooting. But now you could move about and all the menus and stuff were in the game world and all that stuff, all that stuff's still here. But you're introduced to this cover shooting thing early on in this game Mm -hmm. and it's barely ever used again. I think there's like two sections where you ever actually hide behind cover again in the entire game. So it feels like it's going to be a major thing. And there are a few fights with humans, but mostly when the humans are reintroduced later on, they're also fighting with necromorphs. So it tends to be the sort of hang back and uh, let them pick each other off situation and then take what's left. But my overriding memory of this game and the the reason that I just don't think of it as fondly as, as its predecessors is the fact that the combat encounters to me, and I don't know how much balancing there was done for co-op play or whatever, were just messy, like yeah. and un unimaginative and lacking in any real strategy other than have a better gun, because you are going to get rushed from all sides by a frankly ludicrous number of enemies. And it's really whether you can take them down fast enough with the power of guns that you've got. And this will obviously play into the, gun customization stuff.
1: I found it pretty frustrating to go into some of these encounters, and I'm not sure why it bothers me here when it didn't really in the other Dead Space games, but the fact that you can't really not even predict, but you can't really plan for things, because you will just walk sometimes, and I'm thinking specifically of the times when you're on the ice planet, and mm-hmm. you're just kind of walking along and, you know, I, I would be clearing things as I went, but you can't really do that because sometimes you will walk past the spot and think you're fine. But then, <laughs> oops, stuff is going to pop up out of the snow behind you that yeah. you, God knows why it didn't pop up when you were walking above it directly, but it didn't. So I, I, I don't know. I just, there was something about the combat encounters that felt a little unfair to me. And, and mm-hmm. it, I I will... One hundred percent concede that that could be a me thing, but I I don't mm. I don't think it is entirely.
0: It I just, don't I agree with you. I, it uh, felt yeah, very
1: yeah. uh it, it felt very throw everything at you. There were a couple of times where like and I I was playing on a pretty easy. I I, I think maybe I was playing on normal. I might have been playing on easy. I don't. Remember, yeah, we but, played
0: on normal, but
1: yeah, but there were there were a couple of times where like if you didn't get to stuff fast enough and. God forbid you run out of stasis that you just kind of have a blob of a couple of different things that had you in a corner just beating the crap out of you. And I couldn't really tell what they were. So I'm just firing my shotgun into them, hoping that they get away from me long enough so that I can run.
0: Yeah, that sounds very familiar, even compared to the co-op version, where obviously we were able to help each other out. You can help each other up to an extent unless one of you gets actually eviscerated. We had a lot of times when we just couldn't really even tell what had finished us. We're kind of ending up in this rather messy sort of uh, flow of uh, shoot, then heal, shoot, then heal. So you're actually tapping the heal button kind of as you're being attacked just to keep topping yourself up. The game, again, nice thing the game does. It allows you to give each other health items quite easily and all this kind of stuff. It also instances your own pickups. So every pickup on your screen is for you, and every pickup on your co-op partner's screen is for you. And you don't know what they're seeing and what you're seeing, but you share things like uh, artifacts and blueprints and things like that, I think. Um, but yeah, just, I just re- remember, and it's been a while since I played Dead Spaces 1 and 2, but yeah, I remember tackling rooms with a certain amount of strategy and That's tactics. The key word. And here it was very much down to the. Yeah, these the really it I, I wonder how much and this is where we go into it. The balance was based on the idea that you would be crafting these guns. Now, the crafting of the guns thing sounds like a lot of fun and it can be. I had a point where I made a gun that was suddenly like game changing and I was, you know, knocking fools flying with this electric prod gun thing that was just blasting people backwards off the screen as soon as they arrived. Of course, this kind of standing at a workbench and working out, you know, min-maxing your build is not a very conducive co-op thing to be doing. Uh, So we didn't perhaps set aside enough time to do that in our play, and so I think we were getting frustrated early in the game when we perhaps didn't need to be because we hadn't. Neither of us had fancied just looking at menu screens for five, ten minutes while we were doing this. Now, I I do understand that even without the controversial bot related DLCs, it is entirely possible to OP yourself in this game, at least on normal difficulty, Uh, which is cool. Because there were there was a lot of scepticism that the only way you could really kind of batter this game was to pay the money for the extra resources. But I remember this being a big conversation at the time, Carl. I remember talking about it with you, yeah. but I can't remember if we reached any conclusions. I
2: I mean, around the whole, this is where the major design changes to to Dead Space three, isn't it? Is, is around the combat. And the approach to the combat with things like the weapons and the customization, it's such a core part of the game and it's such a cultural shift from where the first two games went. Right. And I think, you know, you mentioned there earlier about the strategy and I think that that is what really set Dead Space when it released apart from other games in that genre was the ability to take not just the plasma cutter, but it turns out that kind of that was your best gun anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and have the, the dismemberment thing was yeah. like the USP
0: on the box, wasn't it?
2: it? It was. It was kind of just incredible that you could turn it horizontal, vertical. Take these limbs, then the, you know you had the ability to be able to um, take these things with stasis and, and kinesis and fire them back, and mm. you know you had all this strategy. And I can remember a lot of areas in Dead Space One and a lot of areas in Dead Space Two very, very well because I had to implement a strategic approach to getting through them. Yes, I can't remember a distinct area in Dead Space 3, and I've played this one more recently than the other mm. two, yeah. and that probably says a lot about the encounter design and the way that the fighting is, and a lot of that is because this game is no longer about taking the limbs and firing them back and having that no. approach. Not that you can't do it. It's about <sighs> creating a gun to cause havoc and destroy large amounts of overwhelming enemies in one time, such as, like, automatic chain gun weapons where you can stick nodes on to be ridiculous that will have, like, a pulse effect and stasis at the same time. So Mm -hmm. not only will you knock enemies back and destroy a load, but you'll slow them down as they're coming towards you. And at that point, that becomes way more like something out of Gears of War than it does anything that you would expect to see in Dead Space. Now... That sounds incredibly negative, and to a point it really is because it completely changes the whole tone and structure and strategy around combat encounter. The customization element on the weapons is actually really quite well done Mm -hmm. in terms of what is available for you to do and be able to configure and kind of make your weapons on your own. But even that takes strategy away because now no longer is it about carrying certain weapons to only get ammo for those certain guns, yeah. because now it's a generic ammo type anyway, so it doesn't really matter what you're carrying. So no. even the balance of, oh, well, that's my plasma ammo versus that's my, you know, my pulse ammo, and I've got to be – if I only carry one gun, then I'll only see drops for that, and you've got that approach. And it doesn't even lean into kind of that Resident Evil 5 vibe that you had of playing with a co-op partner and going, well, actually, I've got something that's useful for you and handing them over and creating that co-op strategy. That doesn't even exist because now you've got standardized everything Mm -hmm. in terms of that approach. And obviously, the other part of that is now you can make your gun really OP, really unbalanced, and you can do it even earlier in the game if you start to buy into the microtransactions. Now, I don't necessarily think... I don't think I ever did. I'm pretty sure I never... I would like to think I never did. No, I haven't. No, I've but, spent no but, no extra money on that. In I'm fact, also, I've never spent a
0: penny on this game <laughs> other than uh, Game Pass, uh, games <laughs> But I Gold. am
2: also a, a known idiot for buying stuff in games. So That's I can't true, categorically fact. say that I never, <laughs> but I would like to think that I didn't um, to be able to get through this game. Now, I got all the achievements in it, so I definitely played it through a yeah, bunch of times true. and did all these things, but it's definitely a factor and it's very much... I don't want to say it's overtly in your face like some microtransactions have been in games, but it's definitely very noticeable of, you know, buy to get these things and and you get your additional resources and you can level up your weapons a lot quicker. Mm. And that, again, feels a little bit distasteful because already I think you've lost a lot of balance from what made the first two games. And this is kind of creating even more imbalance. And then even in a co-op partner, it, it's like, well, okay, if one of you buys all the parts, you're just going to stand behind them as they go and take everyone out anyway, and then you've got no real challenge in that regard. It just feels very, very strange. It feels like that that weapon customization and addition is a good feature that I would like to see in more things, but it also mm. detracted that game from being what I would have classed as a Dead Space title, which is Mm. the kind of the core rule set, which is what I was getting at with the story as well. You've kind of set out your rules as to what that world is and what that combat is and what that approach is. And you're basically saying, yeah, that doesn't matter now because we're going to do it like this. And It's funny, isn't it? Because
0: we... Yeah. And and I find myself in agreement because the game in and of itself, to me, you know, I I didn't... spoil it. I didn't hate it. I just felt it was, you know, very flawed and, and I didn't think the encounter design was interesting. But... It could have still gone down the more, you know, it could have changed things up in the same way as we went famously from Resident Evil 3 and Resident yes. Evil Code Veronica to Resident Evil 4. And yeah, there were actually some people and still are, even when we were covering the series on the show a few years ago. Some people saying, oh, I didn't like the the turn it took into Resident Evil 4. But for I, I would say for most fans, we were like, well, it's fine. They've done this because they've they've still absolutely mm-hmm. knocked out the part with what they've done. so. If if Dead Space 3 is... what well, All I'm saying is if Dead Space 3 had been as good as Resident Evil 4, we wouldn't have had a problem with it. <laughs> what yeah, a, what a, simple. What a take.
1: <laughs> I kind of wonder if this would be a better regarded game if it hadn't been a Dead Space sequel. 100%. Yeah. W- yeah. I think it would have, yeah. I think I would have. It's, you it's don't better go than with expectations, right?
0: Or even if they hadn't called it Dead Space 3, but they called it, I don't know, Dead Space... Blood splatter or something, <laughs> you know, one of those kind of sequels where it's a, like a guide end in the same way that the the extraction was. That was a Dead light Space gun Storm.
2: game. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. honestly, they
0: should have just called. Stopped they
2: should have it. just made this
0: another Army of
2: Two game because that yeah. <laughs> is far more. It's got far more totally right. similar yeah. to the Army of Two games than it does mm. Dead Space One and Two.
1: Mm.
0: Leah, how much time did you spend building and customizing? Because you know you're a big uh, RPG fan. It sort of plays into that side of things a bit,
1: maybe. Some, I, I, I did like. To, I, I, I think that like you, Leon, I did not when I was playing it in co-op do as much. No. Uh but when I was playing by myself, I would at at the very least when I either when I picked up something that I knew was was a new component or a new, um uh what are, they, what are the frame the upgrades or um, a
0: blueprints and there's circuits
1: yeah no if i if i picked up something that i knew i i didn't have before or that sounded interesting or if i just you know passed a bench and wanted to see if i had enough of the the relatively basic stuff to build something new then yeah i I'd, I'd, i would typically mess around with it for a little bit i didn't change my guns up that much uh Mm. once i kind of and and i suspect this is probably the case for a lot of people once i found guns that worked i kind of just kept those and maybe maybe upgraded them with with different circuits from time to time but i had something that was it was not the starting plasma cutter but it was something pretty similar uh and then i had a and then i had one of the um the the blades the the like spinning saw blade things i had a saw blade gun for up close and i think it was also on fire i think it was a saw blade that was on (laughs) fire um for it's that kind of game um
2: I'm assuming it was the line gun was the one that you were using in Dead Space. 3. I think so.
1: I yeah. that mm. sounds right. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I I don't recall what which specific because I mean, there's a lot of variation, minor there variations, is, yeah. kind of the same thing. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it it was something roughly equivalent to a line gun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some flexibility here. It's just that uh, yeah, I think I mean, and this is true of a lot of video games, whatever genre, RPGs, and and everything else where. Sometimes they give you a lot of flexibility and potential build, but actually the the reality is that you have to go, you're forced down certain paths to optimise your experience. Uh, and I suppose there are some some of the most popular games out there are the ones that allow you to bring your own flair and style to to the situation. But that actually, I think, on easy or normal difficulties on this game, you can probably do that to a certain extent. There is There are probably some sections in the game where you would really be struggling without a certain kind or certain strength of weapon but i think um as long as you've got enough uh health and stasis you can kind of manage your way through any situation stasis as as carl mentioned is uh whereas it's a a useful tool in the previous games and uh yeah probably essential in certain encounters here yeah. it's a kind of constant this is this is where our, mine and darren's stupid yogurt thing came from like throw some yogurt at it is basically slow you know stasis it slow it down um i don't know why he, he came up with that um but yeah uh and and boss fights um i think the the, the final boss was surprisingly easy uh, which yeah, was a relief just, it
1: was kind of a set piece right like it was yeah. less a yeah. fight this thing and more a hit it in its giant literal glowing eyes oh
0: yeah yeah which, and, and and I'm fine with that because some of the pieces leading up to it where the, the levels collapsing behind you and things are popping out the floor. and Oh, God, there uh, were a couple
1: of those where I yeah. failed a lot of times. Actually, I, you know what? I thought that I did not uh, have any real technical glitches aside from pop in, but I did fall through the world once in one of those. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Forgot about that. That yeah. trick. There it does make
0: it does make you think that, that yeah the fact that we've all said that suggests that uh, I, I don't remember how much post game support this got but given that we know that the vast majority of the team were moved on to battlefield hardline and whatever else and the, it seems like ea was they were probably quite interested in the microtransactions coming in Um, but they probably weren't that interested in post-game support i don't know like with the with the awakened dlc i don't know how much of that was developed contemporaneously with the game or how much of it was actually done after um yeah we we tend to be not you know one of those as as a as an outlet one of those automatically cynical and hate on the big corporations but but this game certainly did have the uh the aroma of a uh of a elements of the cash grab about it i feel
2: yeah i mean that the, the, the cost structure of the game was obviously built to that that change right like it's very clear that the game was designed in a way to be able to then sell you the microtransactions in terms of making it an action game and yeah yeah it, it is a little bit frustrating i mean there's that that there's kind of that old adage isn't there that we've, you know, the, the, there's a great amount of skill in being able to do everything, but the craft's in knowing what to remove. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like they piled everything in to Dead Space 3, but there was none of that craft to be able to say, well, we don't need that. And I, I also get the feeling that really Visceral weren't empowered to be able to go back to EA and saying, I don't think we should be doing this. Cause I agree. Because EA that's... are the ones going, more, more,
0: more. That's how it and feels. Yeah. It does feel a like a uh yeah in the same way as people have used terms like hollywood and popcorn it it does have that feel of a of a of a thing that's produced with really dead space 1 definitely to me felt like it was obviously you know it's a commercial thing it was sent out there to make money but it felt like it had uh an an artistic reason for existing uh it was it was there to excite and entertain whereas dead space 3 perhaps more felt like it was designed to rake in some some dollars i'm not saying there's no element of fun in there because that simply wasn't the case for me we had we had a lot of laughs but um yeah. but there are certain elements about it that make you wrinkle your nose uh i mean the fact that you know we both played through it we played for i think 16 hours or or more for our completion and we did some of the side quests and not all of them and then we found out that the to get the end of the story <laughs> you need to buy the dlc the actual mm-hmm. end. Uh, the only other one I could think of where that was the case off the top of my head was uh, Capcom's Asura's Wrath which was yeah, Yeah. uh, you know which we covered many years ago and we all had I think we had a fun time with that game but um, and as I say as an outlet as a a podcast we are not just like blanket anti DLC far from it but just you know not completing the story and and making you by the end possibly having removed it before release yeah. is, is not really cool. Well,
2: it's distasteful at best, isn't yeah. it? And it's you yeah. know, highway robbery at worst, I guess. And and of course, there's also in terms of the structure, they also create a lot of optional quests in this game as well, mm. which it, it just feels like complete filler.
1: Which you don't have to do them strong. though. I didn't touch yeah. them, and I was fine. So mm. I, I i don't I don't hate that. I I do. I the the d l c thing is a little a little bit rough, um but I don't know. The fact that you don't have to do it is is what really sets it apart for me i I like d l c that's like if you are enjoying this, then you can go right ahead and pick up more, and that that's mm-hmm. how I tend to treat it. But I don't usually go back to games once I've completed them if they put out, and there are some pretty notable exceptions, but yeah, yeah, I mean I, the the far the fact that it is actually just the rest of the game is where it starts to get a little iffy for me like it Mm -hmm. shouldn't if it it was supposed to or if it should be included in the package to be the complete product then i don't think you should necessarily have to pay for it but if it's you know adding if it is additional dlc great awesome do that bold stance i know
0: I think it's a reasonable one. There are some there are some puzzles uh, dotted throughout the game, although in some cases I would use that the word puzzle advisedly. Some of them some of the quotes puzzles are pretty much just interact with the thing. Uh, there's 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 a co-op uh, sequence that you complete a number of times that Darren and I just could not understand the purpose of it being in the game. It's the one where you both go up to a screen and you just have to move a cursor around onto a lit circle and press the A button. Yeah, that's uh, the one
1: where if, it's, if you're not playing in co-op, you just you just do both sides of it yourself.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that almost makes more sense, even though I imagine it's still lacking in actual challenge. Maybe it's slightly more interesting having to do both sides yourself. But doing it, uh, doing it in co-op, it was just like, this. this is neither a puzzle <laughs> nor a nor an event it's just a, it's a nuisance it's just a yeah it's just a thing like, that happens it's
1: technically timed but it's so generously timed you're that right, like you yeah. pro- you are almost certainly not going to run out of time on this and thing and
0: it doesn't i don't think like you know the, the the one that it does carry over from the previous games which is the the one where you kind of you shove your hand into a thing and then you're trying to match up the clock on you know diagram type thing before it zits you and yeah. that that does take off a li- t- take off a little bit of health if you timeout and and it's relatively tight but this this other one this this just press the press the cursor on the light thing uh, i don't think it even hurts you if you fail it does it It's just like i don't think if I it does if, it, so I'm yeah sure. i was <laughs> gonna say if it does who knows um yeah there's a few slightly more interesting puzzles involving uh kinesis moving things around i quite i did actually quite like the one puzzle that i think was worthy of the name which was actually it's um, so the, the menu presentation on this game is pretty funny, I think, as well. The over the top, the the, uh, the slabs of ice that when you when you just boot up the game and, and you go into like the, everything takes about four seconds because they decided <laughs> to do this ridiculously elaborate animation uh, for every selection. I don't I mean, it's kind of yeah, it made me laugh. But there's a puzzle in the game which is sort of based around that. Idea where you have to kind of build uh, an alien skeleton, which I th- I actually thought was quite neat. But it's a uh, after you spend like three hours and various side quests trying to get all these slices of ice, uh, you then spend like half a minute <laughs> putting it in the right order, and that's it. So
1: that's- I, I had a little bit of trouble with that puzzle because okay. to me they just I-, I I liked it in concept, and I liked that you had to go around and you know pick up all the the pieces mm. and and you know find it all. But once it got there, like it didn't look like i kind of lucked into putting them in the right order because they really did not look like it made sense to me
0: um
1: Mm. i don't know it just it it the way that the um the way that the creature that you're putting together was kind of frozen you know like it Mm. it just it to me it did not look like it fit very well Uh, i see yeah yeah. that that
0: does make sense and i guess because it's the it's the skeleton or the, the shape of a creature that one has never seen before right it's a yeah maybe if good. i had had
1: something to compare it to then yeah, it would have exactly. been a little bit better yeah but uh but yeah i and, and again could just be a me thing so but I, I like the end. concept of the puzzle
0: hmm. any others uh spring to mind as being worthwhile or completely waste of time puzzles that I'm not beginning?
1: really i think that most of the air quotes puzzles that they had were things like go find a battery now, put the battery in the hole. In the hole. <laughs> Congratulations. You did yeah. it.
0: The main thing, actually, was the, I guess, the, yeah, the most common, not even puzzle really, but fetch quest, I suppose, was the grab the thing with your kinesis and try to get from A to B while holding it and not losing it uh, while under attack from the usual. Yeah. Um, we called them Dead Space Windows. The, uh, the the vents that you can see whenever you enter a room are going to be spawn points for, for Necromorphs. Dead Space Windows.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Tolkien Taters is back from our forum and says Dead Space is an interesting game and on its merits, pretty solid. However, it's the third in a fantastic series of genre-defining horror games and in comparison to those, it's a letdown. It sacrifices a lot of the pretty solid horror by going full co-op and letting you get creative with the weapons, which you can make extremely overpowered pretty easily, which takes away a lot of the tension and more methodical combat from the previous two games. It does beg the questions we were saying you know about it being uh, uh, perhaps a uh, yeah, a commercial consideration to to keep the elements uh, to, to insert the elements and these robots that fetch uh components and stuff to your workbenches to make it a commercial thing but the the fact that it is even without spending money on microtransactions possible to op yourself uh, i wonder if you know was that was that the visceral team sort of maybe quietly um balancing it so that people didn't need to spend the money where ea would ea could ea have been more more insistent that you needed to spend the money to make the game winnable i mean it's certainly in free-to-play games uh, nowadays, ten years on, is completely normal, right? To have to spend money to get yourself into a situation where you can play and win the game. Not every free-to-play game, but some of them. But this was obviously this was a forty-pound or whatever, sixty-dollar release. I don't know. Pure speculation on my part. I don't know. I don't know what the answer. Feels
2: is. like a bit of dipping your toes into the like they were dipping the toes into the water to see what they could get from it. Yeah, and I, I would assume that if it was successful, and they were making a lot of money on it, maybe at that point mm. they might have seen more DLC and and, and mm. a variety of different things. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it didn't it doesn't feel required. Uh, I get the feeling they would have liked it to have been required.
0: Yeah, right. And it, if you uh, if you go into the menu, uh, even playing on a not on a 360 but on a on a series console i guess uh you play on xbox one as well probably um you still get i think it still quotes the prices in msp on the by default it does even though even though those haven't been a thing for a long time (laughs) so uh i think if you then like say yes i want that you can still do that and it will then translate it into uh monies for you but um yeah but down on steam uh so uh the awakened dlc is seven pounds 99 so i guess ten dollars or thereabouts for the uh for the 1.5 hour long conclusion to the story then there's uh there's three other tiers of dlc there's the two pound 55 ones which are individual weapons i think uh the four pound 25 ones which are packs of stuff then there's the Talvalantis survival kit is that all the other bits and bobs maybe uh eleven ninety nine and the the controversial one, which is the bot the bot packs now the bot capacity upgrade uh and the bot accelerator i think were probably the two the two most controversial ones bot personality is that now is that does that actually d- dictate their behavior or is that like an aesthetic thing
1: oh didn't didn't buy it. <laughs> No, me neither. I just thought neither. they were cute enough by themselves. Yeah, I
0: thought they were. I mean, that's the thing. I quite like. I mean, like... they were
1: pretty fast already. Like usually, by the time yeah. you know, if I would let them go and you know let them roam about and do what they wanted to, by the time I yeah. got back to a bench, they were usually there. Yeah. So
0: yeah, you end up with. I ended up with three. I don't know what the max. I think is. I had two. Hmm. But yeah, curious stuff. The reviewist from our forum. Says I'm a huge Dead Space fan who actually liked Dead Space 3 and was disappointed that it marked the end of the game series at the time. I'll happily admit that it lacks in some areas, most notably in that the enemies have become a little stale and repetitive by this point. The Human foes aren't as much fun to fight as the Necromorphs and the story beats feel like they're repeating a bit. And yet... The opening few hours, jetting around between the derelict space hulks, making repairs and fighting for your life is one of the high points of the franchise for me. I'd have happily played an entire engineering based game based just around that concept. On the ice planet, there were new challenges and some nice set pieces and the distinct but real influences and nods to John Carpenter's The Thing as well as Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness. They were a joy to play through. The customizable guns were also a fun bit of tinkering, although so easy to make, uh, easy to make so OP that it broke the game. I'd also commend the multiplayer mode, which did detract a little from the suspense at times, but was actually implemented best in the DLC, especially if you played as Carver and got to enjoy his weird tin soldier hallucinations. Hmm. Uh, So you... The reviewist, I don't know if you're aware of a game called uh is it called Hard Space Shipbreaker? Is that the one?
1: There is a game called Hard Hard Space Shipbreaker. I haven't played that's it, so one. I can't, can't really tell you yeah. how it works. But uh, you
0: float around in zero G fixing ships. And uh yeah, I think that's on Game Pass. That's worth checking out if you just like a bit of Zero G sci fi. Um or,
2: or and you'd be shocked to hear this from me. Pray.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. I actually I Not did like we covered prey back in issue (laughs) can't remember um the uh i thought actually that that section of the game where you were getting in and out of that shuttle and choosing which parts of the the game to go to next i thought that was really cool that that was like that was where i felt most absorbed and invested in the adventure of these characters even if i didn't care about the overarching story So the cooperative campaign contains additional chapters where Carver's storyline is expanded and certain parts can only be completed by cooperative actions. There are sequences that are experienced differently by each player because of dementia. For instance, items are sometimes only visible to one player and not to another. Or Carver can become trapped in his own mind while Isaac has to fight alone and bring him back from the hallucination. Weapons created at a weapons bench can immediately be shared with the other player and drop in, drop out is supported, says Moby Games. Yeah, we did find, as again, back to the sort of the technical side, apart from some of the issues we've mentioned, the actual getting into a game and stuff was pretty easy and quick, which is nice. Global Saturation89 from our forum says... Dead Space 1 and 2 could be considered modern classics and are truly terrifying games. Dead Space 3 tried to capture some of that essence but ended up feeling disjointed and unsatisfying to play. I can remember exploring the Ishimura and the sprawl vividly, however I can't remember much of Dead Space 3. The snowy setting seemed to suck some of the tension out of the gameplay. The broken abseiling mechanic was also very frustrating and often ended in me seeing the death animation. More than I would have liked. The margin for error on these sections was unforgiving. Yes. Anyone else have issues with these? Because we sure did. No? No. (laughs) (laughs) We found one bit where it's like actually broken. Where uh, one of us on one side, when we tried to transition between the two sheets of ice, it would actually bounce us back the other way into the oncoming uh rock of whatever falling stuff if we were too close to one another i think it was.
2: sound familiar yeah it was sort
0: of saying you know like your path is blocked so i'm going to bounce you away from your partner and into death so we we had to i think we attempted that about eight or nine times before we worked out how to kind of brute force Um, it
1: maybe um you just needed to get good because that didn't happen (laughs) to me i
0: don't know i've been burned um (laughs) What else? Yeah. But again, some of those bits, uh, I think the bits where you're going frontwards down the uh, ice faces, the abseiling parts and shooting stuff off. And then it obviously the gravity takes over when you kill the thing and it falls down into the screen. I thought that was like visually quite striking and, you know, quite novel. A bit more interesting than just walking around on the ground like you normally do, Um, but perhaps not as interesting as being in 3D zero G space. There are a few little, because these games always have to do it, there's, a, there's at least one turret section that I remember from quite early on that was not very good.
1: I don't remember a turret <laughs> section. I remember, well, there, I mean, there's the part that's kind of towards the end where you have to pilot the ship through stuff, but I... Oh, no, no, oh, no. Yeah, no. yeah that, that's, that's a turret thing, isn't it?
0: There is a turret yeah. thing, yeah.
2: The only turret thing I can remember is the annoying bit in the very first game.
0: Yeah, it's a similar idea, but a bit more. It's a bit more um, spectacular, but also still sort of quite irritating, I think, for my for my uh, for my taste. And there are some wacky bits later on, which again, I was mostly thinking, what is the point of this? Uh, in the way that action games put in weird bits, uh, it's the bits where you. Where you're sort of zooming through a kind of you're zooming forward for reasons uh and there's a very there's a really strong depth of field effect and you're kind of star foxing between from one area to another you know the bits i mean
1: yeah well the, i think that's the one that i was talking about with right. the um it's it's towards the I, mean, I guess it's not towards the end but it's when kind of your ship falls apart and everybody dies except for you and Ellie.
0: Oh, uh, there is that bit. No, I was also, these are later. This is where you kind of walk into a, this is the bit where you've got the, the super powered kinesis pads and you're walking around the alien planet. And then you walk into like a, the start of a tube and then you fly off and you're kind of flying solo or not solo, whether you're in co-op or not, but just (laughs) as a, as a, as a dude, Flying forward into the screen, <laughs> avoiding slow moving rocks and such.
1: Yeah. But they felt those like... Are, those are bit... pretty short, but yes, I, I yeah. think same general idea.
0: There's, there's, They're quite weirdly empty. Like, it, again, it felt like maybe there was supposed to be more happening with them and there's a few enemies, but you just don't even need to engage with them as long as you don't fly into them. Anyway, the strange, curious things that people put in games. Upon starting the game, I'd forgotten this. Dead Space 3 detects if you have a, Ma- a Mass Effect 3 save. Yeah, N7. And if you, yeah, you get stylized N7 Shepard's body armor to freely select at the armor shop in the game.
1: You also get, and I don't, I'm not 100% sure why this happened. Maybe it's just for everybody's game, uh, but you get the um, kind of the original Dead Space armor as well.
0: Ah, Okay, uh, so yeah, the apart from one section where the armor is, you need to be wearing a particular kind because it's heat; uh, it keeps you warm in the cold. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of timed section where you mustn't freeze to death. It's a bit like that bit in Final Fantasy VII. Um, uh, there, you can wear whichever armor you want, and it's just a cosmetic thing, and it doesn't. You carry over your upgrades from one set of armor to another, so you can wear whichever armor you like. And I have to say, yeah, uh, going back to the visuals all the way, but um, I do think some of them look pretty cool and nice, you know, just nice visual effects, shine and glitter and rust and, you know, all that good stuff. Deadpool Negative from the forum says, I actually wound up playing Dead Space 3 first and played the first and second games much later, thanks to the power of games with gold. Nearly 10 years after its release, I can definitely agree that it's the weakest of the main series, but paradoxically, It's also my favourite. While the previous Dead Space adventures were effective, creepy, slow burn psychological thrillers spliced with freaky gore, Dead Space 3 goes for the blockbuster route. Everything in this game seems to be, for lack of a better term, more. The score seems more epic. Why do I like it so much? Simply put, because I found it a blast to play. The crafting system is pretty deep and fun. And I was able to come up with a gun that mixed Kinesis with regular bullets that, quite frankly, broke the game as I took down monsters with ease. The opening sequence, the awesome scenes searching throughout the ship graveyards, the endless bleak snowfall of Talvalantis before it wears out its welcome. As cynical an enterprise as Dead Space 3 could be at times with its microtransactions, pyrotechnics and visceral and electronic arts attempts to take away everything subtle, I had a good time. 3 is the only Dead Space game I've played more than once. To put it another way, sometimes a big sloppy cheeseburger is more memorable than a gourmet meal. That said, the series pretty much painted itself into a corner, though the proposed Dead Space 4, with Ellie as the protagonist searching for signs of life in sequences similar to the ship graveyards, sounded enticing. I think starting from scratch with a remake was probably the best bet. While I'm not really that big on remakes, I'm looking forward to Isaac Clarke's new beginning
1: this is kind of what i mean when i say things like i think it might have been almost uh well better received not if, if not better yeah. if it was not a dead space game because clearly you can mm. enjoy it uh a lot more and maybe it helps to just not have the the initial background so that you're not looking for something specific that you don't you know yeah. necessarily get
0: mm. yeah often the case yeah i don't know the deadpool negative mentions the proposed dead space Four there i don't remember how much of that given that it sounds like ea was already losing faith in the franchise after two and what they did with this one and and you know in in terms of the development team and stuff dead space Four back then seems very unlikely maybe that was sometime later does anyone remember carl you follow the industry better than i do
2: oh it was i'm not entirely sure um with with the with what's happening with the series, oh, the literally the only hope I've got is that the remake of one re, reignites a desire for the yeah. uh, for Dead Space as a franchise. Mm. I mean, I've I've got it pre ordered, which gives yeah. you an idea of how much I like the first two. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, and it seems uh, obviously at the time of recording, we haven't played the game yet. Uh, people in the industry have, and the previews have been promising. Uh, but previews, you know, tend to skew positive. To give uh give folks the benefit of the doubt and to, of to encourage people to read them but uh I, th- I think we can be optimistic that motive have done a decent job you'll know more listener by the time you hear this probably uh as will we i'm sure uh yeah if it's it's definitely one of those games that right now i'm kind of looking at the price of a brand new video game and the fact that i've got dozens of other games to play for this show i'm thinking no nah, but then it could be you know FOMO day one excitement takes over, <laughs> depending on what what happens with reviews and and peer review next week. So um, yeah, hopefully, uh, listener, whether you're listening to this around the time of release or or a little after, um, this has reminded you that Dead Space is a thing, um, along with the hype of of the uh, of the remake. I've seen a few uh, again. We don't need to go in it, into it too much because people will know by the time they listen to this but i've seen some speculation that it's like a just a straight remake but i've seen a few people suggesting that it might be more of a, a reboot in the sense of the way it treats the story and stuff but i i my understanding is that it's a remake absolutely like obviously that there can be some differences but i don't think there'll be Taking the story in any particular different directions or anything like that—is that the impression you've got,
1: either of you? That's the impression that I got, but I, I haven't yeah. looked into it too much. But mm. um, I, yeah, from what from from what I have heard and seen, that seems to be it.
0: It's curious that they're giving away the original Dead Space two as a preview, a pre order bonus with Dead Space remake. <laughs> which i mean that very much that says two things to me one they're really confident in how dead space 2 has held up and in fact josh formerly of this parish uh, tweeted earlier i'm that he's playing it and that it's hold up, holding up holding up magnificently um but it also suggests to me that this is not going to be a substantial deviation from the original because they're saying that dead yeah, space if, 2 if is the original 2
1: still it. follows up from this this yeah. one then yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I think the concern is what. So I would expect a lot of quality of life benefits. Mm. It depends what they quantify as quality yeah. of life versus what actually detracts from the experience. Have they released. Um, have they
0: released a list of uh of microtransactions available.
2: <laughs> is there a little? <laughs> the only thing I'm aware of box? is that uh, it, it it's basically a, it it's one big station. So there's. The, the transfer between levels is in your hands through zero G and stuff now, rather than getting back onto the, like a lift, which we'll see how that is. Cause okay. I quite like that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, this game was, it's, it's amazing. Dead space one, which the game we've been talking about today is very much, uh, as I say that in terms of its core fundamentals and mechanics and stuff is, it is not a huge departure. Dead space three from dead space one, because, Back in two thousand eight, Dead Space One was really quite uh cutting edge in terms of quality of life and user experience.
2: Oh yeah. It was I it it's amazing the impact that, that Dead Space actually had, right? Like mm. I think that was the de facto go-to, wasn't it, for the uh cultural shift in UI design. Um and you think of how far the, the franchise has come. And then it just feels like it's all fizzled out with, with the third one.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we've got a few three word reviews from our Twitter. Follow us at Kane and Rince. Gadget the DM. Ear ruined it.
1: Alex Dollar says, gave me headaches.
0: Scott Lamond says, I can't see anything. Oscar Reba said, chapter initials, spoilers.
1: Magical isopod, Hollywood Dead Space.
0: <laughs> and Sabutsu says best in co-op. Uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, well, that leads on to my summary because yes, I played this uh, really apart from yeah half the game back in 2013. My recent experience of this has been in co-op, and because playing co-op video games with your friends is fun. Me and Darren had a good time, but we also at many points said. What were they thinking yeah. <laughs> certain aspects of this game uh and it's difficult because um co-op probably wouldn't have worked so well in uh in the previous two games and would have made those a very different experience, but it did mean that you know coming to Dead Space three and playing it as a co-op game it did feel as Carl says more like something something along the lines of army of two and we sighed and rolled our eyes and laughed at the nagging uh characters who are trying to make us care about this story and now that i've read a bit more about the story including from uh, hearing from lear and including our correspondence i'm i don't feel like i missed a whole lot even though as i said i i do enjoy the the basic premise of the dead space series um there were also yeah the like the encounter design was really the and the balance here was was the letdown it it just feels very unimaginative and uneven and unstrategic really the strategy only comes in with the with the weapon building and it seems that um although they put in those cynical microtransactions with which you could improve your chances and speed up your builds it's actually even without any of that entirely possible to According to several of our correspondents, break the game, uh, and as I say in co-op, unless you're sort of happy to sit there in menus with your with your friends, and, and I guess you know it, it's not the end of the world. But generally, I find my mindset is when I'm playing a co-op game, I want to be actually playing the game rather than doing yeah. the doing the the uh, the the peripheral stuff around the edges, even if it is kind of essential. And as I say, we did we did spend some time. Fiddling with our inventories and that sort of thing, and it and it did help towards the end. Um, yeah, and most of the times we came across were to do with weird or or slightly clunky design decisions in, uh, involving checkpoints or weird mechanical moments, like the aforementioned abseiling thing, or the bit where I fell through the the edge of a lift into the abyss, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, a, a real mixed bag. The the mechanics and the, the the fundamental feel of the game still pretty much spot on as Dead Space One and Two were, but damaged quite badly for me by the the messy encounters and the the, the ridiculous amounts of clown car enemies being catapulted through Dead Space windows into uh, Ian and Clive's sites over and over and over and over again um so we were quite relieved when we finished it but we would also had quite a good time um if you've never played it but you enjoyed dead space one and two it wouldn't be the worst time you'd have in the world playing through this maybe in advance of the uh the remake of the first one but equally i don't think uh it's an essential part of anyone's video gaming experience and yeah i don't think you even need to kind of see the conclusion of the story for what it's worth, really. Um, It definitely feels, ends up feeling like a game that was kind of, yeah, a franchise that its own publisher had lost faith with and its developers were already kind of focused elsewhere in some ways. Leah?
1: I don't think Dead Space 3 is a bad game, but I do think that it's the weakest one in the trilogy for me personally as we've kind of alluded to throughout the entirety of the recording, your mileage is definitely gonna vary on this one. Some people really love this game, and I think that's great for them. I liked it well enough. I just I was I, I think that part of it is me because I was expecting something that this game was not. And that's not the game's fault. There are some things that that probably are the game's fault, but that's not one of them. So I think that my recommendation would be if you Are interested in playing Dead Space 3 regardless of whether you have played Dead Space 1 and 2 or not. I I would just kind of be aware of what you're going into. Don't think that this is going to be some spooky atmospheric horror game because it's really not that. Uh, A couple of people, correspondents notably, have said things to the effect of like it's it's kind of a Hollywood, you know, it's the big blockbuster, big budget type of, of game. So, you know, it's it's one of those things that you might go <laughs> directed by Michael Bay is what I'm I'm thinking here. <laughs> so um, that that's more of the tone that Dead Space 3 takes. So if you're interested in that, then, yeah, this is this is not a bad way to spend some time, particularly if you already have Game Pass, because, as we've mentioned, it is on Game Pass and it, you know, it still looks good. It still plays OK uh, there are some differences from the other games, but if you're willing to go along with that, I-, I would say that co-op is the way to go. If you have somebody that you might have fun going through this game with, then by all means, have at it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I-, I don't think that I would necessarily go out of your way to to pick up Dead Space Three, but if it's there, if you uh, if you're you're feeling that kind of thing, then sure, have have uh, have fun, and um, then maybe you'll it'll get you going for uh, some some Dead Space remake which i had forgotten was coming out so soon so i'm actually oh, yeah. kind of excited about that now <laughs> thanks get guys get your credit cards ready yeah.
0: Carl let's finish uh, with you i remember you, it sounds to me like perhaps um you used to be more positive about this game than you are now but i'm still i'm still going to leave you to the end
2: i think it's it's been the, the the old reverse bell curve on this one um in that i was more positive on it i think i lost a lot of enthusiasm and then playing the Callisto Protocol (laughs) I've kind of become a bit more positive again about this (laughs) game Mm. given uh, a number of reasons Uh, one is that obviously something like the Callisto Protocol does lean more tightly into what I would class as a Dead Space title than Dead Space 3 does but whiffs it so badly that actually this is arguably a better game and I think you know, Leah said it right. It's not a bad game. I personally think it's a bad Dead Space game. But as a, a, a shooter, an action-based shooter, it is better than a lot of its very bland peers. Uh The problem I have with it is that all too often it becomes what I would deem as offensively average for a game that set for, or should I say, a series that in the first two games set bars across the industry, one particularly to do with um, UI design and structure and sound, and then the second one in terms of uh, the world and strategy in fighting, um, which I thought were absolute benchmarks, and it was feels like for the third they kind of lost their roots and built something that was the lowest common denominator to Uh, appeal to the widest possible audience which we still see happen which almost never seems to end out as a positive uh, for the industry but you can kind of see where EA were going you know uh, did they lose faith with it a bit I do get the impression that they did they pushed massively into Dead Space 2 and after Dead Space 2 there was all the spin-offs the comics the the anime that all these different kinds of things and it felt like they were really building themselves up for this powerhouse franchise, but they just needed to make it appeal to a wider, broader audience to be able to keep it going. And they released a game that lost the tone that the first two set, and the core audience that loved those series became kind of, I suppose, the vocal bunch that really kind of shouted down a game, probably beyond what it is, because actually it's got, you know, when we're talking about a house or something like that, it's got good bones. It, You know, it looks good. The environments are good. The art design's good. You know, the way that you can move your characters good. There's things like the weapon customization is really intricate and detailed. I don't necessarily think it belongs in this game. But then it goes into that trap of, okay, let's have uh, arena-placed battles and shootouts against hordes of enemies because people love, uh, you know, horde mode in Gears of War. And let's look at what the other action-based games are doing that are really popular. Well, Uncharted has a snow climbing section, so we're going to have that. And Uncharted 2 has this yeah, really good train section, so we're going to have a train section. And it just feels like there was a push for something that Dead Space was never meant to be. And it doesn't make it bad, it just means that it doesn't feel like it belongs in that franchise. I do think that there is fun to be had playing the game. I prefer it solo, but I completely understand mm. why people would like it in a co-op experience. I do believe that this game would have been remembered maybe more fondly. And it's not that it's, you know, you talked earlier, average reviews in the 70s. Let's get over the misnomer that a game in the 70s is bad. That's, you know, mm. I, I hate that. It's not a bad game. I do think it would have done better had it not been titled Dead Space at all. And I think that that is kind of, you know, it it built a rod for its own back by having so much to live up to in those two games. You know, Dead Space 2, as you know, Josh has has very recently talked about, he believes it holds up very well. He was a huge fan of that game, as was I. The first one's getting remade. It's going to have a lot of polish. I would love to see it could get along the series and have a Resident Evil remake style polish of take those bones and actually make a really good Dead Space 3 out of it, maybe, you know, five, six years down the line. Um, but for right now as a title, I don't think it's a bad game. I just think it's, you know, it it it's not a Dead Space game, but you will still have, there's elements of fun to be had in there.
0: Sure. Yeah, and fittingly, we've also got a Resident Evil 4 <laughs> remake coming this yeah. year as well. Good times for third-person action horror shooter fans. All right, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl, Leah and Editor Jay, as well as all of our correspondents, and of course to you for listening. Next time, in issue 554, we're going to be continuing our Shinobi series of podcasts with Shadow Dancer.